This is a part two to a message I preached about two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, on the erasing of the cross. A couple weeks ago, I shared with you the problem of what's going on in the church. The church is erasing the cross uh, in many of the churches across the land, and it's become a moralistic, therapeutic deism. Those three terms, uh, I helped you get your head around. We've turned the church and Christianity just basically into a moralistic, feel-good, pie-in-the-sky, God-somewhere feeling <clears throat> to draw more people in. And uh, after sharing that message uh, about the church, I want to share a message to you now about where we are as a culture. And it's important for us as the body of Christ to know where to stand in this hour. You have a place in this generation to speak. And what the Lord is saying to the church, I believe, is this, that we are to maintain the ancient landmarks. When God would do something with Israel, he would tell them to erect a landmark so that they would remember where it was. And these landmarks were boundary lines, areas that were uh, set apart for God. In fact, Proverbs 22:28 says this, Do not move the ancient landmark that your fathers have set. What I mean this morning by ancient landmarks are those things, not religious uh, ideologies, not traditions, but I'm talking about the Word of God that has been set and established in heaven before the foundations of the earth. That is not to be moved. Heaven and earth may pass away, but my Word will exist, will last forever. Amen? And so there is a foundation that cannot be moved, should not be moved, and cannot be compromised. Many churches, many Christians are compromising those foundation stones that God has set in them to accommodate their situation and culture at work or wherever. And in fact, God is drawing a line in the sand for the church, lines of demarcation. You cannot go past these landmarks. We cannot go past these issues of Scripture. <clears throat> in fact, he says this in Titus. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, that's for whosoever will, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Wow, can you do that? Can you live a godly life in this present age? God expects us to. In fact, when this is written, uh, the times were not much different than they are here. Paul was living in a pagan world that was filled with licentiousness, sexual immorality, corruption, and uh, you, uh, persecution against believers. And so Paul's writing this saying, this grace that brought us into salvation is training us. How many of you need training in grace? We need training in grace to, to deal with this situation, to, to speak to others about God, but to do it in grace, to do it in the love of God, but to hold fast the foundations that God has laid. So we're being trained in being self-controlled, upright, and living godly lives, not falling to the pressure of our peers or our society. And so we need to hold fast to this. Now, some people say, you know, this gospel stuff, this Jesus stuff, all oh, this Bible stuff, it's constricting to my life. 
these ideas that you can't do this, you can do that, but you can't do this. I've got liberty in Christ. It makes me feel like I'm in a cage. It binds me uh, behind these duties that Christ has called me to. But I have to ask you, is it a lack of freedom or in fact, did God give us these things for our own protection? Because what we're bound round about with is not a cage to keep good things out. It's to protect us against the shark-infested waters of our culture that we live in. If you would follow the ways of God, you would not be attacked so much. You would not be so uh, allowing the enemy to come in because many of us have left the door open to the perversion, to the sexual sin, to the gossip, to the slander, to the political views that are just so confusing to us. We must not move the foundations that God's established. Mankind's always been faced with a choice. Either follow God's will and purposes or develop your own. I'm in a room right now where most of the people here develop their own and that didn't work. Many of us have come out of the, the futile efforts we've made to live our lives, and we're coming back to God saying, okay, I surrender. You were right all along. Amen. And we need to put those back into our lives to sustain us. Ancient boundaries are ancient for a reason. They last, and they're true. That's why they're ancient. They don't fade, they don't pass away, they don't shift. In fact, Jesus said this, if you're going to build anything on the kingdom, build it on my rock, not on shifting sands. And so they're ancient boundary lines, ancient uh, landmarks so that we'll know where to go and how to follow them. The truth is never outdated. God's Word is true. It doesn't outdate. It doesn't fade. It doesn't expire. How many of you hear this? You know, those ideas of Scripture, those laws, those, uh, they're so outdated. This is 2024. Like sin has, has not changed. Man's depravity has not changed. It's all a mess. There's one thing that holds true. The Word of God. It does not change. It's an ancient foundation that cannot change. We should not try to change it or make it accommodating. So how has the church lost its influence in our culture? And how in the world did our culture get to where we are today? Between the last seven years, my mind is blown. I never thought I would see things like what I'm seeing today. How in the world did we get there. And I want to share with you some ideas of how, in fact, we did get there. I want to share with you what's called the Overton Window. This was developed by Joseph Overton. He was the senior vice president of the Mackinac Center of Public Policy, a think place, a think tank up in Mackinac City. Uh, I was surprised he died mysteriously at age 45. That might say something, but anyways... He says this, how do you explain the loss of liberty and the abundant uh, abandonment of common sense that has been happening globally? How do you explain for that? This is how, and he developed this theory, a series of political techniques whose progressive implementation go unnoticed and yet accepted by culture or by a society. It's a shifting and a moving. 
Basically, the Overton window is this, the window over a culture that says what is popular and acceptable. And somehow what has been the norm of what has been popular thought, acceptable attitudes and character, has shifted from what is sensible to, to that which is radical, even to the place to the unthinkable. Uh, some of the things that I see and the, the fights for rights concerning things that were, are just in fact unthinkable, especially to our children. So let's understand how this theory works. The Overton window says that it is at any time a view of the culture, the popular view and For years, the popular view in America had a freedom of speech with ideals and debate. We could freely exchange ideas. They would be accepted or they'd be shot down. The the nation and the society would say this works or it doesn't work. And we would gather the intelligence to have discussions about it. But somehow it has shifted. And whether it is to the right or to the left, this thing can shift based on the influences upon popular culture. And so these influences on popular culture will take it from the popular to what seems sensible, so what is acceptable, then it moves into the radical, we test the waters for something really radical, make it shot down, but it's been influenced now, and it creeps over eventually to the unacceptable. And that's what's been happening. Socially accepted ideas or public opinions that were once held as fundamental basics of law and justice and freedom and civility and moral character have been eradicated. They've been shifted and changed. How did we get there? Let me show you how it's done. Number one, you create a crisis. You create crisis. Where there is a crisis, it causes a stunning, a a paralyzing of the culture. A crisis takes center stage and eliminates everything else. Everybody during the crisis is waiting for a voice, an answer, to help them feel the norm again. But if the crisis is successful and planned well enough, it pushes the situation to where you'll never get back to what was known as normal. And so crisis comes We've been through it, many different kinds of crisis, and we lose the equilibrium and we try to find, and so the players are moving the crisis in to shift what has been acceptable behavior now into the radical, and that becomes acceptable. Follow that up with propaganda, constant and regular propaganda that is in the media repeatedly. It's in the music, it's in the TV, it's in the movies. It's a constant message that is pushing, pushing, pushing during the crisis, after the crisis to get you to accept based on an ideology that seems right but formally would not have been accepted. uh, Thirdly, there's brainwashing going on. It starts in the school systems at a young age. Many of you know that when you sent your Bible-believing child to school, they've been radically shifted and changed in their understanding of life. 
Because they've been brainwashed and put into an idea that the fundamentals that they had learned are outdated and no good. And you need to be in touch with reality. But what's actually happening is it's going further and further away from what is real and obvious in nature, let alone the Word of God. And then you have the force and the power of peer pressure. Because the populace is now accepting this new order and ideology. And now, how could you stand against it? You're becoming the problem for our progressions. And for us to move forward and create a better society, you're now the problem. And people conform so that they can be part of that effort. Let me share with you just some ideas that have taken place that we can see. We have gone into what is radical to what is unthinkable in the idea of gender ideology. The concept that God created a binary system throughout all nature, you can see it everywhere, has now come into question in our culture and society. That there isn't just male and female, but that is a social construct. I beg to differ. It is a created order construct. But it has now been taught that it is a social construct and that the concept of male and female is now completely blurred and we are now redefining what it means to be, in fact, human. And this is accepted, not only accepted, but celebrated and honored and awarded and we're going like, how did the window shift? A moral collapse. We have the calling for the abolishment of police forces and justice. This is mayhem. We're no longer prosecuting criminals. I, I don't know how much thinking this takes to figure out the end of this equation, but you've got anarchy in the results of this. Then we're moving to the crisis of climate control where we try to scare everybody that the planet is dying and that we've got to get rid of fossil fuel within 10 years. The damage that that ideology is going to do to the planet to get rid of fossil fuel within 10 years is going to cause major devastation to the human population, especially replacing it with a substandard form of energy. It makes no sense, but sense isn't what we're talking about here. World health, we've seen one crisis, another will be soon on the way, and pandemics will come, and governments will enforce themselves to where governments are now moving into authoritarian states to take away the freedoms and the orders of what is popular in our social justice system to now be authoritarian. And so the World Health Organization is giving you one fear-based thing after another fear-based thing after another fear-based thing. 
The government is taking over control with government censorship. We used to have free speech, but now we are redefining what hate speech is. So what used to be freedom of speech is now going to be considered hate speech, and you will be silenced by your government. The window keeps moving. This has moved now into the level of the obvious demonic realm. Because what I have seen in a matter of months literally stuns me that globally we are at a position where people are calling for the genocide of Jews. That moves into the realm of the demonic. To happen like that so quickly and to distort what's going on, even to the place where people are calling for Israel to cease and exist, not just as a nation, but as a people. This is demonic. This is outrageous. So, the government thinks that censorship will give us security. In fact, we're at a place where the fact that the government itself will become the greatest threat to our individual lives. We're in a place that is extremely demonic. But the Word of God says, do not move the ancient landmarks. And so I have to ask this question. Did God really say homosexuality, adultery, fornication is a sin? Yes, that is sure. Did God really say there are only two genders? Yes, He did. Did God really say that marriage is sacred and holy in God's eyes? Yes, God did. Did God say that Jesus is the only way to heaven? That He alone is the only way man can be saved and without Him man is already condemned? Yes, that's a foundation stone. Did God say He created the earth in seven days? Yes. Does God require holiness from His people? Yes. Did God say that all life is sacred and that we're created in His image? Yes, this is a foundational truth of God. Did God say that believers are to preach the gospel to all nations and all people? Yes. Did God say that the Bible is God-breathed and inspired by the Holy Spirit? Yes. These are foundations that cannot be moved and we will not move them out of our lives. This is what I'm talking about. Those landmarks that God has given us as to what is true and what is sound through Scripture. How does this happen? How can this be done? There was a time when the media was objective. This is how we got our information, shared our information through media. And 
What media used to do was uphold itself as being true and objective. And so what they would do is they would gather their intelligence and information from the seven mountains or the seven spheres of influence in any culture, from the religious sphere, from the arts and media, from business, from government, from family. They would look at the views of the conservatives, they'd look at the views of liberals, and they would collect the ideas and put them together for the media understanding. If they continue to do this, we've got objective understanding of what culture we're living in. But they did something very unique. They closed off all information from those areas and made themselves the hub and the center of all information. And the media closed out religion and closed out everything else so that it would promote its own agenda. And this is what is being repeated continually over and over in all of our streams of media. And if you're not awakened by the Holy Spirit to be aware of this, but if you're blind in sin, you receive it as being true. And so we've got a culture and a society that doesn't understand what's going on and it is adapting for every move that window is pushed further and further because that to them is what has now become normal. And they've moved from the foundational landmarks God said you cannot move. So what does that mean for you? In 2024, church, what it means for you is that you have to stand. You have to hold to the foundational landmarks, those things in the Word of God that do not change and will not change. It may cause trouble for you. Many of you have situations in your own families right now of people changing to alternate lifestyles, people going through shifts and ideologies that you look to be the oddball as everybody is embracing those moves. What are you going to do about it? You don't shift the foundations. Because if you shift your foundation, when their unsustainable life collapses, they won't have anywhere to go. They need to know what is true and what stays true and what is foundational in life. So we must hold on to the foundations that God has given us. And so this is going to accelerate faster than ever. When the demonic move to come against Israel, Israel is God's timepiece in the earth. And when the influence came globally to come against Israel, that's when the clock started. And the enemy, as in Revelation says, the dragon is going after Israel. And if Israel's being protected and the enemy goes after it, it will then turn and go after those who love the Lamb. We're next. So you have to hold your ground and get ready in this next year. I believe it's coming. In fact, Andrew Moody said this, First, your opinion is denounced. Then it is excluded from professional contexts. Then it is altogether barred from public utterance. Then any taint of association with it, explicit or implicit, becomes grounds for sanction. We're going to be sanctioned out of the talks. We're going to be dismissed professionally. We're going to be denounced politically. 
Should that cause you to shift the foundations you were born again to? No. We do not change the Word of God. This statement rocked me when I read it from A.W. Tozer, great man of God, said this well over 40 or 50 years ago. We cannot afford to let down our Christian standards just to hold the interest of people who want to go to hell and still belong to a church. I'll let that sink in. To the Christians, to the church, we cannot afford to let down our Christian standards just to hold the interest of people who want to go to hell and still belong to a church. We must hold fast. Let me conclude with this message that Paul, or the writer of Hebrews, gave to this group of Jewish believers. They accepted Jesus as Messiah, but they were under great persecution. And being under great persecution, many of them thought, maybe I should go back to the Old Testament system, because this following Jesus is causing our family to get persecuted, put in jail, and thrown to the lions. But the writer of Hebrews says, you can't go back, there's nothing to go back to. Christ is the fulfillment of everything that was there. You must hold fast, and I believe this is a message today. We can't leave the foundation of Christ, we can't leave the doctrines of Scripture. Hebrews 10.35 says this, Therefore do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. Don't give up, people of God. Don't throw away your confidence in the Word of God. If now more than ever, discoveries are proving over and over again that Christianity and the Word of God is absolutely true in its history, context, and science. For you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised to you. We're going to have to endure, brothers and sisters, and we must keep the light shining. He goes on to say this, for yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay, but my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and persevere their souls and preserve their souls. Let's say that together. We are not those who shrink back and are destroyed. One more time. We are not those who shrink back and are destroyed. We are those of faith. Preserve your soul in 2024. Hold fast to the foundations. Don't let them move. Don't let them shift. You may be the only island on your block. You may be the only one at work. You may be the only one there. But this grace is training you to stand your ground and to give an answer with meekness and love. I conclude with this. Paul was left in his prison cell, being persecuted for his faith and the foundations he was holding fast to. And he lists the people who have been faithful and friends to him. But he names one man who was not. And he says this, For Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. 
A disciple, one he had trained up, one he had co-labored with, didn't last. The peer pressure didn't last. The cultural persecution. Because he loved the world and loved the respect of his culture more than Christ, he would not be persecuted with Paul. I'm afraid in 24 we're going to see those who are church attenders fall away because it's going to become too hard to stand for Christ. I'm preparing you to stand. I'm telling you to endure. Hold fast and don't give up those foundations. If you don't understand them, if you're confused, then there is plenty of study. There is plenty of information for you to get knowledgeable on and to hold fast those grounds. But above all, don't forsake the gospel for this present world. We've got the power of Christ with us. I'm going to put it a little harder. In the book of Revelation, at verse, chapter 21, verse 8, it lists the people who will be thrown into the lake of fire. And what is crazy is the first one in that list is the coward. This is not a day for being a coward. But pastor, I, I'm by myself. I can't handle it. I can't take it. But you've got the power of the Holy Spirit within you. And you've got brothers and sisters all around you. And greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Amen? Hold fast to your profession of faith. You know, I used to believe, I used to be afraid, and I, I used to uh, think it was about not losing America. I don't know if it can be recovered yet. I, then I believed, oh my goodness, maybe it's not about losing the church. I hope we don't lose the church. And now I'm to a place where I'm concerned about not losing souls. People who thought they were believers, people who went to the church and said the things we did but had never made that commitment to Christ. I'm worried about them in these days. The only thing that's going to help us is a move of God. But you have to hold your positions. I conclude with this. Do not move the ancient landmark that your fathers have set.